<laughs> you want to do the intro? I'll do the intro. No, I want to do the intro. You, did the, I do the intro. you don't do the intro. I do the you, intro. I just let you do I the do intro. I do the intro all the time. All right. Welcome, everybody here. I'm going to do it in my- Go ahead, go ahead try it. I'm going to do it in smooth voice. Go ahead, try it. I'll do it in smooth voice. Okay, go ahead, try it. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to you're, you're doing it for real right now? I'm doing it right now. Oh, okay. Quite, do, do like a quiet on the set or something. Oh, okay. Quiet I can't, on, I can't on. tell if you're really doing it shut or up. just dicking Shut up around. on the set. Shut, okay. shut up on the set. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Smooth Jazz. I'm your host, Big Black Boy. Actually, you know what? Can we put do a song again like we did last time? <laughs> no, that's, I did my intro. Let's do it. You pick a song. You do the song. <laughs> and then you do your intro. <laughs> because I think the people like it. <laughs> they like the they don't they don't like the other one i guess not i like the other one pick a song you're listening to smooth jazz with carl yeah do you, do you like a jazz song oh yeah all right uh look one up real quick i will it play with aj on no probably not oh you know what I, maybe i'll do this thing yeah there you go there you go <laughs> this is like from the 70s though. <laughs> but, it, but anyway, we are back. We are back here for an exciting episode. Uh, you're not going to do an introduction? I did. We did. We just did an you're, introduction. You're not going to do That was the introduction. I don't know what's wrong with you're you. You're just guys. leading us in cold? It, it's not cold. It's pretty warm outside. No, uh, you are now <laughs> listening to Nobody likes Carl that. and Jamie. Nobody likes that anymore. Save the World Podcast. I am your host. The five star, five diamond chef, <laughs> J Man, and with me, nobody, nobody is likes that anymore. The oldest man in the world, Carl. You are listening to the smooth jazz with Carl and J Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back. We're back with episode two, and uh, we got a pretty good response from uh, the first episode because then you know you look at the the numbers yeah on the backside of the anchor site that you know it's it's getting up there and kind of uh, helping to set us up for uh kickass in uh welcome back i guess for yeah. for the season being yeah. despite being gone for so long and a uh, big shout out we actually do have a sponsor because last time we were talking about you know sponsors that we, we have, have a sponsor? sponsor our title sponsorship our title sponsors from the last few seasons have renewed, and so we'd like to welcome back Cohen Vioma Law P L L C and our buddy Varen Cohen Vioma for re-upping this season. And so this season is brought to you by Cohen Vioma Law. You know, I I don't know how he looks. Really? Yeah. Really? Does he have a website? He does have a website. So if you'd like to check out their webpage, I believe it's like vtklaw.com. Mm. And so, you know, they they serve uh, a lot of indigenous tribes out there, a lot of indigenous entities. Uh, but he does not do DUI cases. I've already asked. So <laughs> Asking for myself. but. <laughs> I I wonder how when, I wonder what his uh, score is like, like his uh, win score, like his Yelp score. Yeah, it's the Yelp score, or is his uh, like uh, some guys are like, I like this guy because uh, I got off scot free and my wife's a bitch, <laughs> you know, something like that. I don't know. 
<laughs> hey, you know, and, and then to, to recap uh, last season, because then, you know, we, we did this whole, we were crying around at the beginning of the episode because yeah. uh, it hadn't rained. And then, you know, all of our complaints and crying must have done something because it, it actually kind of played, rained yeah, over paid the off. weekend. <laughs> it kind of paid <laughs> off. But it rained over the weekend. And so, you know, everything is uh, wet out here. So yeah. we're very thankful for that. Very thankful to you all listeners out there that were praying for us while we had our little bitch fit last week. But, you know, it's interesting because then you know um and a comment that you made last week that it's actually going to fit into today's episode topic but you were talking about a prophecy where it was kind of like it was going to be either end of the world a or end of the world b yeah yeah or end of the world a was this big flood and i kind of laughed at that because uh i, I couldn't imagine a big flood, a big out, flood here. out here but then you know end of the world b was uh, we were going to burn to death yeah and over the weekend on the news, I heard that this summer is going to be one of the deadliest summers in the state of Arizona yeah. as far as related to heat-related heat deaths. Yeah. And so it sounds like uh, we're headed towards Plan B because we're already literally burning to death out there. Exactly. I mean, like in Phoenix, in Phoenix, they have these, uh, what do they call these? These uh, like little stations where you can actually go into and cool off, like cooling stations. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So they set up these cooling stations throughout the metropolitan area and i i guess it's because like you know, a lot of these uh, people who are ho either homeless or people out and about during the day don't have a place to go and uh cool off so mm -hmm. and plus temperatures rise up into like 112 it's been in the 120s yeah and like <laughs> we were watching the news last night watching the news last night and uh um, you know how like on the bottom of those of the screen it tells you the time and the temperature. Yeah, and it's, uh, the time was like uh, eight something, eight eight thirty in the in the evening time, and the temperature was like a hundred and nine. Really? Down in Phoenix, right? Really? Wow. Yeah. And I was like, God dang! And I was like, that is super hot right now. And so I was like, and I mean. The heat, yeah, the heat does do something to you. It does create a lot of. Well, the craziest thing that the heat has done so far is that two weeks in a row, you're here in the studio not wearing any sweatpants. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's kind of wild. Well, but uh, while we actually do have our uh, managing, uh, our well, she's not our managing intern anymore. I gave her a promotion. She's our marketing manager, AJ, here with us because we did last week mentioned that there was a raffle going on and so she is here to share more information about that because then if we left that up to you carl to share information about the <laughs> raffle god knows what you'd be promising people I mean, you're talking about there's going to be unicorns in the raffle and then we're going to have dragons you could ride a dragon if you win our <laughs> raffle and that's a good promise. <laughs> well, we, well, we have AJ here, and I know she's got a busy schedule, so we'll let her uh, share some information about the CJ Podcast Raffle. Hey, AJ, are you uh, online? Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Um, just a quick reminder, we do have the raffle going on currently, and it will be going on until the beginning of October. So right now we have, I believe, over 20 prizes. Um, I don't have everything in front of me, but there's a large variety of stuff. There's clothing, jewelry, um, gift cards, uh, decorated tumblers, all kinds of stuff. So if you want to see, like visually see what we have available, check out our social media. It has multiple posts with 
where the items come from, who donated them, and what they look like. Um, so each ticket is $1, or you can get 25 tickets for $20. And we can take payments through PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, or Zelle. And if you want to purchase tickets, just send us a message and we'll work out which payment method to use and we'll go from there. We'll enter your name on a ticket into a big pot and we will draw October 1st and we'll announce our winners on the following podcast. I believe that following Wednesday, which would be October 3rd. All right. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good thing. Uh, it is October 1st uh, when the drawing will, will happen and we'll announce the winners October 3rd. And it, I get, yeah, there are great prizes along with uh, with pretty much all the the Indian stuff that you all, all like. <laughs> the Indian stuff. <laughs> and, and just to quickly cl- clarify, AJ, the, the, the money for this raffle is going to be used to be put back into the podcast, correct, for... Uh, for, for merchandising and things like that? Yes, exactly. So what we plan to do is order multiple sticker designs for giveaways and then also uh, new shirt designs for giveaways. Nice. And then the portions that are left over will be used to buy um, prizes from hopefully local hopefully artists as well as other indigenous artists or um, with is a very popular gift card so may go that route so we'll see what what happens <laughs> that, that's a great plan and speaking of new merchandise well i got you on the line aj what did you think about my toilet key sticker idea it sucks <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a good idea i think it would very be very niche though very niche very niche like. yeah Niche, niche <laughs> yeah. meaning. Well, that explains your non-response on, on the text message. So. <laughs> niche meaning that nobody's gonna, <laughs> nobody's gonna even buy it. So, <laughs> well, AJ, have to do giveaways. Stick to that first. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thank you, AJ, thank you, for, AJ for, yeah. for your time. No problem, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye. We'll talk to you later. And so if you haven't bought your raffle tickets now, uh, you can still go ahead and buy them. And I think I'm going to buy a couple of tickets myself, Carl. How about you? Yeah, just take it out of that pay. Just, so. <laughs> <laughs> just take it out of that pay so I can get... get uh... <laughs> and so so we do, we do have a topic today. And so today's topic kind of really relates to a topic that we did before and, you know, for the paid listeners, he actually already heard of all of the possible topics that we were going to have this season. And so this is a topic that we did decide to go on today, but today's topic is the real Hopi survival kit. And what that means is, which I guess really is a reference to a publication that's currently out there called the Hopi survival kit, which specifically is a book written, I believe by, uh, Yerkwa Carl, a guy named Thomas Mails, and are, are you familiar with that book, the Hopi Survival Book? Yeah, I never even heard of that book. You've before. never heard of I that. I never book. heard of You've the book. Never. Well, I guess coming from a guy that's never been in a library before in his entire <laughs> life, I guess that shouldn't be too shocking. No, I just don't like uh, like native. I just don't like reading about myself, my culture. Yeah, because I already know about my culture, so I don't need to read about what's going on by uh, a Bahana guy. I don't know. 
just, just judging by the way that you've conversed with me on this podcast, I think it demonstrates <laughs> that there's a lot that you need to learn. And so I, I, I think that yeah, but not it from, might be a good idea not from for books. you to, to walk into a library. I, I don't think we I don't think you learn things from books, especially Native American. I hate to put you on the spot, but this is a serious question. Do you know how to read? <laughs> yeah, of course I know how to read. <laughs> no, okay, all right, all right. So you know how all these books about like um, of Hopi, there's there's tons of books about Hopi, and there's are they're pretty much like there's several people on the Hopi reservation that love these books. Yeah, yeah, and and you being and one off, off the reservation. Well, you being one people that like to read, <laughs> people who like to people read. who like to learn. Bahana people who like to learn about culture. Yes, that's that's something. But if you're okay, so I like to read about like the Avatar. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what I asked you. Okay, I okay, am not okay. letting okay. you. Okay, let, hijack. Okay, let me let me explain. Okay, episode, let me explain. Let me explain. And they go into a tangent <laughs> about the issues that you had with the very latest Avatar movie. No, no, no. Directed by. Uh, <laughs> What is his name? M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> and how you're very excited for the new Avatar movie to come out that's going to pay more homage to the <laughs> source material. That's not what this episode okay. is about today, okay. Carl. Uh, no, no. I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to explain this thing. Okay. <laughs> so, you know the, the Avatar, right? The Avatar books. There's an Avatar book that explains like where these people are from. Like Pandora, and, and well, well, I, I guess that's the clarification that we have to make when I reference Avatar and M Night Shyamalan. Sh- how do you say it? Shyamalan? Shyamalan. Shyamalan. This is in reference to the Last Airbender. I'm not talking about James. Oh, Cameron's oh, yeah, Avatar. yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the uh, the Avatar, the not the Last Ed- Airbender, but the Avatar where the blue people are. You know, the blue, the blue people. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. there's a book. There's the, a book. The Navi. They're called the Navi. Navi yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're called the Navi, and there's a book. You would called- know that if you read the book. <laughs> I'm trying to explain right now. So there's a book that's You're called. You're explaining um, quite a bit already. And there's you just called the don't the Navi. I'm trying to explain why I don't read about my culture. So, okay, so there's a book that's called Navi. And okay. it's a picture book, sort of like a picture book. And it tells like you- Like a children's book? Yeah, like a children's book. But it, it lists about like all of their weapons, about their UC, of all uh, their like utensils. Their culture. Their culture and their stuff lifestyle. like that. Their lifestyle and how, what they do believe in. Mm-hmm. And out there, then, you know, you're interested. You're interested in that culture because it's not your own culture. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why I don't like reading books about my own cultures because I don't have, you know- interest in in culture that i already know about yeah so it's like like reading like uh, national geographic or looking at mm-hmm. the pictures not mm-hmm. just for the pretty girls and <laughs> <laughs> no, the half nude girls what, what pretty <laughs> the half nude girls on the uh, <laughs> you know on national geographic and it's not just for that but it's like it's like reading about different cultures in a way where you're interested in it. Yep. And when you read like the Hopi books that are written about Hopi, yeah. you're saying, oh, I already know this. I already know about <laughs> this. You know, Kwa has already told there, me about there's this. There's a lot that you don't know about Hopi culture, Carl. Oh, and there's a lot that I know. It's evident through all of the <laughs> butthole remarks you've made throughout the podcast, <laughs> all of your jackass comments, all of your head up your ass <laughs> 
<laughs> narrations that you've made and you know I, I i would encourage you to read some of these books and you know even though I, i'm not gonna read even though them. because then you know it's like well I, I guess for me you know it's not yeah. it's not just about culture like there's historical aspects that are in these books. but are they true and and because then it's like that like like if somebody was there, then they write about it, right? Yeah. And so some of these Bahamas were there for some of these historical things, and they were they wrote about it. And so it's kind of at least a, a glimpse. It may not be okay. from All right. our own perspective, but okay. it's from a perspective. And then that way, at least it gives you more puzzle pieces to All right. put so the if, puzzle together. If, if Hopi knew how to read and write back you know, long, long time ago, before yeah. the Bahamas came, uh-huh. the Spaniards came, yeah. what... Do you think they would uh, write about themselves? Like, how, how would you think they would write about like their own culture? Like, it'd this probably new? be similar to that. Uh, I don't know what type of category it falls under, but the YouTube video, the the one that we're always referencing, the Tetsuyakatsi, yeah, video, it'd probably be something similar to that, I imagine. But the Tetsuyakatsi was written by a white guy. I don't know. They sounded, film, they sounded was, like Hopi's talking yeah. to me on there. Yeah, they do. But it was all directed by a white guy. I mean, like, there are no books out here on the reservation written by, uh, you know, actual Hopi's. There, there are no books. There are no <laughs> books about that. that <laughs> oh, my God, Carl. Like, there, there, there's, there's a part of me inside that screaming that just kind of wants to like you're so dumb and like how could you say this on on here because there (laughs) are Carl there are publications written by Hopi people and it frustrates me that you don't know this or you don't care to learn this okay so okay and it it's also a representation that there are many people that have the same attitude as you that you know it's it's I'm too I'm too big to yeah. open these books. I'm too whatever. But then like that, like the reality of it is, it's like, no, you're not. You just don't want to because okay, name, whatever ego name, is built Name that your person. Name that head, Hopi person. Name well, that author. Well, you just go down the street to the CPO and then, you know, you'll find a whole office of Hopis in there that have contributed to publications that are written about Hopis. And so, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort. I'm not, to, ta- I'm to not figure, talking about like figure the, that out. Okay. I'm not talking about historical books. I know that there are the, the CPO office has authors there that have been written books about like these different different things on the Hopi reservation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like authors, like actual authors that have been published worldwide that have been recognized as like, you know, this is an author that that is recognized like the best selling book out here. <laughs> You're not gonna find that exactly. (laughs) That's that's the point I'm trying to make. Is that is that there are no Hopi authors out here? Doesn't give any credence or credentials to. That doesn't take away from these people that have written these publications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know. I know. Publicly, because then it's like their works. You say worldwide. Well, because in the day and age that we live in, they're work is accessible worldwide so if you're living in France and you really want to uh, read uh, Stuart K from I only say Stuart K because I don't know how to pronounce the the last (laughs) name Stuart K from CPO's work then you know you could order the book and it could be sent to France or if there's an audio book then you can have access to that 
I'm talking about like these bahanas that have written these books, right? Uh huh. These bahanas that have written these books back in the back in this, you know, the 50s throughout the 70s, uh-huh. you know, the 40s, mm-hmm. and these books have been out there publicized, and these books have been studied through mm-hmm. universities and mm-hmm. stuff. But then again, these books don't really mean anything. These books have no validity because they are written by one what, one what, source. What's, what's your argument for that? Why, okay. Why, why are they non-valid? The reason why is because Hopi has only one view of things, and Bahana takes these views and makes it his own. I, I think we've had a whole podcast that disproves that statement. I think that Hopis have multiple perspectives on things. <laughs> okay, but continue. Well, okay, okay. Let me explain this. Let me let me explain this to you. Is that when you think about when you think about like how we as Hopis have been doing our culture for a very, very long time, like mm-hmm. time in memorial, basically, mm-hmm. right? Bahana comes in and says that, oh, I, I'm looking at this perspective view of this thing here. I want to know more about what's going on. So what does Hopi tell him? He's not going to tell him the actual truth of what's going on because mm-hmm. Hopi mm-hmm. doesn't want to know, uh, doesn't want this actual truth to you know be out and about. Mm-hmm. So there is no real validity on that. It's just sort of so, like so. So when these bahanas come to our villages and they view the public part yeah. of our ceremonies, so when they write that down, what they see and they put it in the book, that's bogus too. That's bogus too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. The reason why is because and you so know, when uh, uh, what's his name, um, the German guy. That, that wrote about Oraivi. What was his name? Voth. Voth. So when Voth forced his way into the kivas during all the ceremonies and he drew all of these things and even some of these other anthropologists took pictures of yeah. it. That documentation is bogus too. That's bogus too. That's pure bogus. No, no, no. I, you know, those are the, those are the things that you just want to want people to see like there there are the, there are deeper things there are deeper meanings behind hopi that hopi's not going to tell you about and in these books here they're not valid in a way because it was all written by a perspective view you know you're not going to say that you're not going to say that the outa is you know is significant to something something they're just going to tell you oh this out there is just for arts and crafts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for and it's a toy you know they're mm-hmm. and they're not going to tell you about the deeper meaning about that uh-huh. it, it's 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 to me it's that all these books here yes history has been written by the victor right history has mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. been written by mm-hmm. the victor mm-hmm. and when you look at that bahana is basically the victor of them all when writing about Hopi culture About natives About natives Not just Hopis And that's the per- perspective view on it And when You know What was that book The book of the Hopi Yeah um, White Yeah What, what was, was his, his name? first name uh, I forgot his Something first name Something White You know There's a lot in there That he did Ask Hopis Because mm-hmm. he learned Hopi in his way He mm-hmm. learned how to Speak Hopi and Because he lived on The Hopi reservation For mm-hmm. I don't know X amount of years mm-hmm. And he learned Hopi And he learned to Uh integrate his way into that not just because he wanted to document it because he he felt that hopi society is not going to be around for very very long so he felt the need that this should be written down but is that a a valid point Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. actually have these things written down in a book because hopi is all oral history right yeah and so when you take those types of writings like that, they become invalid because you're just, you're not, 
there, you know, it, remember that um, remember that game, that Chinese game where you whisper something into one ear and then you whisper it to a, like a chain of people and then at the other end it's like totally different. I didn't know that was a Chinese game, but I, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So like the, you know, that's basically how oral tradition is. Mm-hmm. And that's how Hopi is. It's like we're constantly changing the ways of our... Are, are, you, are you trying to discredit the Pahanas or are you trying to discredit the Hopis? I'm trying of? to discredit all of it pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, well, I didn't want you to hijack my episode and here, here you are hijacking my episode. But no, I, I, I think this is a good conversation because yeah. then, you know, I... I, I do think that you bring up some valid points because then, you know, as we've learned doing this podcast and even as I've learned, just uh, being a Hopi in contemporary society today is that you have a lot of people out there that identify themselves as being Hopi in some degree. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of them not have ever lived here on the reservation before. And they just have this yearning for this knowledge to be able to learn about our people, about our culture, our communities, our histories and etc. And, you know, you do have all these books out there. And I, I do believe that there is some some validation to your arguments, although I don't believe it's all valid, but there are some validations. <laughs> I, I, I do agree that, you know, that is kind of a, a common uh, hearing that you hear in the villages is that when all these historians and anthropologists and all these Bahanas that kind of wanted to learn about our culture, that it's this idea that our the people that they interviewed kind of misguided them because per exactly what you said, is that they didn't want our true knowledge to be published or to yeah. be written in a book. But I mean, to me, and I, I, I guess, you know, per, per your point, that if you are somebody wanting to learn more about Hopi and you see all these books in the in the Barnes and Nobles of of the <laughs> of the United States, you know the book of the Hopi. There's no more Barnes and Nobles. It's uh, well, whatever bookstores yeah. are out there or libraries and even through Amazon, like you have that book of the Hopi, which yeah. is a book that you reference, which the author is. Uh, I want to say his name's Walter White, but I don't think I'm entirely correct. It's something White, I believe yeah. his last name is White, yeah. and then the book that started this whole debate is. Uh, the Hopi Survival Kit, which is a book written by Thomas E. Mills. And actually, I wrote another book, too, entitled Hotvela. And then there's uh, multiple other publications out there that are primarily focused on Hopi that are written by non-Hopis. Yeah. And then you do have some publications out there that are written by Hopis. I think the most recent one. What was it called? It was uh, in, in joint cooperation with COP, with our cultural preservation office, our CPO. Um, some Hopi book. But if you, if you type Hopi in your Amazon search bar, then that book will, will pop up. But I guess the way that I look at, look at it is that, you know, it, it's really you kind of have to read a lot of those publications that are written by the non-Hopis with the grain of salt. Although, as opposed to you, I won't completely discredit them because then, you know, I do think that there is credibility for being present during a certain time. Because true, then, you know, true, as Hopis, true. As modern Hopis living in today's society, and I just had a conversation like this similarly over the weekend with my... Uh, brother-in-law slash brother that you know we're talking about the olden times and kind of sharing stories of what we've heard from the older people about what the villages were like way back when or how some of these villages started and i know it's a thought that i always have it's like i wonder what 
life was like in the 1800s as a Hopi? Like, what are the differences? The more accessibility. And so that's something that we always think about, thinking about what life was like back then. But then you have these people like Voss, the Mishchatitiyos. They were actually present during these times that we wonder about. And then they had their process of documenting and then in turn transcribing into, you know, the written pieces that we read today. And so I do think that there is some validation in the way that they obtain that information. But because I, and I, I think that's the difference with us is that, you know, we were, we're somewhat grounded in culture and understanding, yeah, you yeah. know, where you're reading something written by some of these Bahana authors and kind of seeing where maybe that there's some misinformation yeah. or incorrect yeah. information and then being able to separate that because then, you know, there's, there's a particular book that I have called Old Oribe and then some of the more I think uh, validable information is that is like data like this is how many Hopis lived in Oribe yeah. during yeah. 1901 or something like that yeah. and these are the clans that they belong to you know going so far as to documenting all of the clans yeah. that were back then and then you see what clans were there and like some of the clans that we think of as being extinct or on the verge of becoming extinct you see what their population was back then it's like wow there was this many clans so and so for me that's where the the validation that i see in in reading these publications because then it allows you as i mentioned before it gives you additional puzzle pieces to use in addition to the oral information that we used as puzzle pieces to be able to put these things together. So in, in your library, how many books of like Hopi do you have as a white man? <laughs> I want to say probably around 10 books, maybe 10, oh. 10 to 15 books. Can you name some of them? Uh, one of my personal favorites is uh, Sun Chief, which is an autobiography about uh, one of our he said daddy's. Uh, yeah, he was a liar. So. Don C. Talayas. He was a liar. So. <laughs> I won't argue with that <laughs> from what I've heard from my own village. Yeah, people. exactly. Um, and then there's another autobiography about a woman called uh, Helen Sikakwaptiwa. Oh, yeah. Her son, you know, grew up, ended up to becoming the one to uh, help create the Hopi dictionary that's kind of famous around here. That's controversial. That's, uh, me and mine. And then, uh, and, and, um, of course, the book of the Hopi. I had a copy of this Hopi survival kit, but then I don't know where it went. And then I got the the Bedbug Night Tales, the book that we read <laughs> last season, which actually yeah. is probably one of our more popular episodes than yeah. the thousand thousand listens, which is kind of shows how nasty some of our listeners are. <laughs> Made that episode popular, but then there's there's quite a few others. Older Ibis, one that I mentioned by Mischa Titiev, and so forth. So in my my library. In my library, I have like Garfield. I don't think you have any books in your Garfield library. books, like comic strips, the Peanuts, <laughs> <laughs> the book of the Avatar, the picture book. I have some pop up books as well too. No, no, okay. Some three D, some three D books. You look with your stuff. You have to put on the red and blue glasses on. And no, no, no. I do have Hopi books too. You don't have. I have. Books. I have a Hot Vela book, mm-hmm. Bakavi book, Old Raibi book. Mm-hmm. I have a, a journal. There's that, actually a Munkapi book too. Yeah, I'm not. Gonna I read. have that book too. I'm not. Gonna it was read actually that written by a, a, a Japanese. All right. You should read that book because then you'd actually learn something. Oh yeah. Yeah, because oh. with your ignorant Mun- takes. Munkapi is uh, not even a real village. village. I don't think Munkapi was a real village before. Hence, your In, anyway, takes. Anyway, 
Anyway, um, yeah, I, I do. Ignorance. I have uh, I have uh, journals. Purpose of books are to fight ignorance. <laughs> I have. Uh, if we could just force Carl to read. I have I have books that are that are journals written by uh, some guy. Some some <laughs> actually it was some German guy that came out here back in the 1900s. Oh really? That wasn't Voth. No, it wasn't Voth. It was like some random guy that just sort of like he was. I guess he was just traveling through the Zuni culture way and uh-huh. then just kind of ended up in this area here. And then he's like, you know, oh, there's more there's more brownies out here. You know, there's more brown people out here. Mm-hmm. So he studied from Walpi area and then he started slowly traveling up towards this way to Olrivi. His last plan was, and I I don't know if he, I forgot his name, but he was just journals, basically. It was oh, just really? journal. It was just talking about like what he saw. Oh, really? Not necessarily like, uh, interpreting like interpreting what other people. The culture. Yeah, the it was just like. I like you just know, writing what he saw. Yeah, just writing is like all oh, you know. There, there was one. There was one thing in there. There was one sentence. There was this ignorant, hateful man. <laughs> there was this one. Um, I guess when he was when he was witnessing one of their social dances, and he had kids and had more ignorant, hateful children. <laughs> Why are you talking about your ancestor, Carl? This is Carl's name. <laughs> and so he was. In one of his sentences, in one of his paragraphs, you know, or his little written things, he said that there was a man that he didn't know who he was, but he was an older man. He said that, he, and he always used to, he would always used to like climb up the mesa, like actually like climb up the mesa. Like he wouldn't take like the road or like this trail that they, I guess what he was trying to do is he was trying to strengthen his arms. So the guy was like, you know, I, I seen this older man take the trail and then go off the trail and then start to climb on the mesa. I, you know, I feared for his life because he might, you know, basically fall down the yeah. mesa. And so I guess what that, you know, and I don't think he, he interviewed that guy that I don't know who he was. Apparently he was just saying that he must have been like strengthening his arms and stuff like that. And these different things like different things like that kind of kind of get you like this everyday life of like what what you see in on mm-hmm. the Hopi reservation mm-hmm. it's not necessarily talking about like the culture itself it's like just everyday kind of thing and there's nothing there's hardly any books like that of course there are autobiographies like that but they're just talking about themselves they're just talking about like what they seen like as as far as as far as like what Hopi sees mm-hmm. so these journals I mean I can't remember his name it's just it it's not public it's not like uh publicized it's, yeah it's through the um, it's through u of a book thingy oh really? yeah and it, it was U-A like a press yeah something like that and it was just <laughs> it's a very thin book it was like a very thin book and and it was just it's so random it's like you, you don't you don't think about it and it has like a bahana title and it's not even related to hopi but there's like a bunch of hopi things oh really yeah in there and I okay. thought that was pretty neat so now if I could have our episode back on the original trajectory the Hopi survival kit book I thought we were talking you're, about that you're, you're aware of the book I'm aware of the book are you aware of, of what the contents of the book is I or need- at least the general premise of what the book is about I'd never even heard of that book before. So Really? I've never heard really? of it. Let me look it up. Interesting. But anyway, so if you're someone like Carl, basically what the book is about, it's it's kind of, it speaks to Hopi prophecies and it speaks to kind of, uh, I guess, this life way that we're supposed to live in order to ensure our future. And then, you know, it just goes on for pages and pages of, of kind of uh, some 
morals, ethics, things of that nature, but really as it relates to Hopi and then spiritual stuff. And then like that project pr- predictions, predictions of how the world will end. And, and so basically it's kind of this idea that uh, knowledge that we should know as people in order to survive the end of the world. And so henceforth, that's kind of where the theme of the idea came from, but kind of talking about a little little bit more about it in a more modern context, because obviously this day and age, some of us need books to help piece things together. And some of us are too, I don't know if arrogant would be the right word or just dumb to accept that some of these books no 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 i i have my knowledge you know <laughs> i i talk to the older people and you know if you want to really know about the true hopi talk to an elder that has been around for many many years those are the types of people that you should be talking to not reading in books i mean of course you know all these bahanas that live out there that want to be hopis that are living out there that want to do this yeah go ahead and and do that because kids kids stay in school Kids, kids, learn knowledge. Don't listen to guys like Carl. <laughs> That'll still steer you in the wrong way. But anyway, back to the book. And so basically that's kind of what the book is. And so I guess really kind of the whole the whole premise of it is preparation for the end of the world. Because then, you know, we did have this episode topic about prophecies and such forth. But in thinking about the end of the world, do you think... Us right now today are prepared for the end of the world. You know, back when I was in grade school in the 1940s, <laughs> in the 1940s, when when right we, before Ladmo came out, when we, when I was in grade school, there was this Bahana teacher. There was this Bahana teacher, and she was at the public schools. And this was actually this was when I actually left the. Uh, what was it, the the Munkabi Day School? Yeah, you went to school to go with to school the, with the Navajos. Yeah, and in in the class there was this hang with the Hopis. <laughs> and in there there was this Bahana teacher, and she I forgot her name. I'm pretty sure somebody will know her name. I don't I don't remember my teachers' names, um, but anyway, she she I remember her being very very tall, this tall skinny Bahana woman, and she had she thought that her own views were the only way to go so what she thought that you know when we were being taught like you know how like christian schools basically like christian schools you know they wouldn't teach us like now schools today would like incorporate like you know oh like uh like the kitty like uh what what do you call kitty in your language like mosa right you know you would kind of integrate those into your into your teachings but then she would I remember her teaching about the the simple basic part of math, and that and that there was <laughs> and then that there was like you know the plus sign, the minus sign, you know, th- these little different signs like that. And I remember her specifically telling us that you know draw a cross, always draw a cross like our Lord Savior's, uh, and she would always reference. Oh, really? she yeah, would say like she that, would huh? say things like this. Okay. And the reason why is because to her it would it would easily. It, to her, we thought that we kind of picked up on like, oh, Jesus died on a cross. Yeah. So plus means basically the cross. Yeah. So we'd start to integrate our little minds, sort of like brainwashed kind of minds uh-huh. in this way. And and that when we, when we started to do these th- different things like that. We started to call like these minuses, like, you know, the, the negative part of like 
basically the negative part of like human society uh-huh. or like us. Like we're the negative parts the of brownies. the brownies. And I'm pretty sure she was racist. I'm pretty sure. She was like <laughs> but then she would call these crosses the good kind of cross, the, the good crosses. So you're adding to that. So you're adding on to that whole thing. Wow, really? Yeah. So we basically kind of integrated into this whole society that that we're not like we're not we're not we're we're second rate and we yeah. should be become like this first rate person like the basically like the, the plus sign. So negative is bad. So she, that was her that was her lesson. Like you know this negative is a takeaway. Mm-hmm. Plus is an is an additive. And when you're teaching those things to like, like what, seven-year-old, six, seven-year-old kids like like us, basically, we're, we kind of integrated that into our mind. So, And that has to do with the end of the world, how? Wait, what are we talking about? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> you're cut off. <laughs> this is now becoming a solo podcast. <laughs> and so as we talk about... The Hopi survival kits in the end of times. Are we prepared for the end of times? Like, like I guess, like if a, a, a ticking time bomb went off today, like because you know the movie that's in theaters right now is Oppenheimer, and so yeah. like if, yeah. if an atomic bomb went off on the reservation, like for those of us that survived, are we prepared to? Because then I guess this whole idea of the end of the world, in in, in the way that I interpret it, it's like eliminating. The infrastructure. It's like eliminating yeah. the electricity. It's eliminating the internet. It's eliminating all the technologies. And then so therefore, how do we survive? Like, are we prepared for that today? I don't think that we are. I don't think that a lot of us are because then if we were to just all of a sudden just switch up, change our lifestyles to a more physical lifestyle and change our diets to a diet that's more... I guess surviving off the land, could we survive? Because then it's like the atomic bomb goes off today. We all survive. And then it's like, but then everything's in chaos. So everything's closed. There's no more McDonald's. There's no more. The K-Town store has been raided, so you can't go there for supplies anymore. And then you're sitting here. You look into your pantry. You got maybe two weeks worth of supply of food. And then it's all of a sudden you have to change kind of everything. And at the turn of a dime and so like even just like the most basic things when you think about meals right because then now in this day and age we think of this idea of eating three squares a day but then if you only have two weeks worth of supply in your pantry it's going to change you're going to be eating smaller portions and maybe you're not eating three meals a day maybe you're only eating two and then you're eating much smaller portions and then it gets to a point to where you realize that this food's going to be gone at some point we got to go out and get food on our own. And then, you know, there's people that, oh, well, we're Hopis. You know, we have this knowledge of um, some of the wild plants that are out there. We have this knowledge of how to hunt. We have this knowledge about how to farm. But then in turn, you know, it's like that really switches the diet up because then when you're talking about um, gathering, when you're talking about eating most of your nut money that comes from the pasa, and then, of course, you're incorporating the hunting, but then your diet's starting to shift more towards a vegetarian diet. And it's like, can a lot of us survive that? Because then, you know, you're eating beans for the fifth time in one week. It's like you're starting to get hungry for the bacon. You're starting to get hungry for the sickly. And then so then in turn, you know, like how 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 would you adjust? And then in addition to that, because then, you know, we kind of joke around or we've been joking around prior 
about uh, you know just kind of uh, letting our crops burn themselves in the heat while we're got our umbrella hats on with our mister staying cool but then you know when the infrastructure goes there's no more air conditioning there's no more comfort like the the coolest that you're gonna get especially at the hot part of the summertime is sitting underneath a tree or sitting in the shade somewhere and then so your bodies have to adjust to the physical nature of, of living off the land and it's, that's kind of a question of are we prepared for that and then you know there's this other idea too and I think this kind of really comes from like a religious perspective it's like in in the eyes of the end of the world are we prepared spiritually and what does that mean being prepared spiritually it's like like kind of an argument that that you're making earlier like, um, do we know enough about our culture do we know enough about who we are as hopi people to be able to go on and why is that important in fifth grade in fifth grade when i was in fifth grade mm-hmm. we took a we took um you know, like this, uh, they, they had these language classes mm-hmm. and then the, they had, they had these language classes and they incorporated Navajo language class. And it was, it was sort of like a new thing. Say something in Navajo. I don't know anything in Navajo, but anyway, um, like there was a, there was a little bit of us Hopi kids that were in the say, Navajo. Say something in Hopi, how you talk in Hopi kind of sounds Navajo. <laughs> anyway, when, um, You talk with your nose, that's why. Yeah. A lot of you Hopi son. The other side, talk with your nose. It's interesting. <laughs> anyway, we we as as like these Hopi kids, we as these Hopi kids, we we took this class because it was it was sort of like a kind of like a requirement to learn mm-hmm. another language, uh-huh. sort of like. But then, I guess I guess in a way, uh, the the chairman the the chairman that was back then, the Hopi chairman, uh-huh. thought that no, our Hopi kids shouldn't be learning Navajo in uh-huh. a way. They should be learning their own language. So they started to try to integrate a Hopi class, but it never got far. At the public school. At the public school. And the reason why is because they thought that Hopi should only be taught at home. Mm-hmm. They only they, they thought that Hopi knowledge should be only given uh, at a at a Hopi setting pretty much mm-hmm. like you know it, it shouldn't be publicized in public schools because a school is just basically you're you're there to to go and and be there basically yeah. it's nothing really of knowledge you're just learning the basics of how to how to survive in like numbered worlds mm-hmm. and so like uh like how nowadays we we think that education is important which it is education is is important but back then education was was a second thing like bond education was a second thing and nowadays we we put education foremost because we think that outside of being hopi is better life than being actual hopi itself and when you look and when you look at these different things and when you look at the prophecies that have been have been you know foretold that yes we are losing our language not because we 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 are doing uh we are doing these things it's because we are choosing to do these things we are choosing to be better than the hopi society itself and then coming back and trying to learn a lot more about that and and like with you right with you you went off to college mm-hmm. you you got your your master's degree mm-hmm. and now you you don't really you you read basically how to 
be a Hopi in these Hopi books. You know, you you learn about these because you you didn't have like their, you know, your soul probably only taught you so much. Mm-hmm. Your gua only taught you so much. But yet there's other places that you could have gone to, like maybe sticking to the village that mm-hmm. the, these knowledge, mm-hmm. knowledge places, but you'd, mm-hmm. you'd ended up going to college to get a an Indian certificate. What do they call those? Uh, it's called a degree, Carl. No, no, no. Like it's called what? a bachelor's of science. No, no, no. What? What do you? And it's called a master's of science. What do? You, what do you? Continue. Continue. Okay, but anyway, so you chose to do that. Uh huh. You chose to co- go off and then try to better your life in mm-hmm. a way, but yet you come back. You come back because of what? Because, because you want to help out the Hopi people. You want to help out Hopi that that's not like basically less fortunate of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we see ourselves and that's how we see what we see in this knowledgeable world well back to the topic the main topic is that this whole idea of being prepared spiritually i think that that where where that stems from is this idea that you're gonna die that like when when the end of the world happens that a lot of a lot of us are gonna die yeah and so when it when you talk about being prepared spiritually it's this idea that when you do die at the end of the world, do I know enough about being Hopi that when I reach the crossroads, because I believe that we mentioned this in a prior episode talking about, you know, kind of our own conceptualized versions of death is that when I do reach the crossroads, will I be sorted out properly? Like basically, will I be allowed to go where the Hopis go? when they pass away and so i think that's kind of the importance of understanding yourself spiritually spiritually or you can say that how many books have i read in hopi in order to cross over and are are we prepared for some of this stuff like are (laughs) we prepared because then you know some of us like that like we're, we're still yearning for this knowledge like maybe maybe for whatever reason you know your your parents chose to move you off the reservation as a child completely out of your control and then all of a sudden that you know you know that you're hopi and that you come home on the weekends to you know do some things and then you know you're kind of really in awe of the culture and the language and then you're trying to be more at least knowledgeable of that aspect and then in turn do i know enough do i know enough language do i know enough about the culture and um and i, I guess really you know kind of going more into action but i guess that would be kind of the next part of it yes yeah, okay that, um all right i i do do, ha- do do have i earned my pass i guess to get to the place that the hopis live because okay. then it's this idea that you know when the world ends more than likely there's a strong possibility that i could die when this a-bomb goes off all of a sudden and then you you know, am I gonna? Am I prepared? Am I prepared? And then I guess really kind of how the context of it changes is that you know because we haven't fulfilled our lives yet. So like we're still real young guys, and you know we haven't kind of really got into that elderly stage to while we do kind of reach the peak of our knowledge okay. to where we're able to become instructors and then in turn be able to relay that information out. Okay. And I guess really like how do you go about getting that information to undergo? And I think, you know, kind of somewhat to your point, you know, it's like being in the villages kind of all the time and then, you know, hearing the conversations and then I guess kind of going through the actions of some of the education that's being taught. So that way you kind of understand these things. But then I think when you're thinking about 
the Hopi survival kit in modern times. I think what changes is that I think the fact that when he introduced all this infrastructure, the electricity, so, the running water, so, uh, that it really know, does like alter how, the life let, of how we live like, now. You know, so like, therefore, uh, because then when you read the when, books, when you read the books and you learn about kind of where it is that they when got the I, water from, you know, when, from some of these springs that are no longer producing water in some of these older villages. So that like, now in this day, like when, age, you, when I when like I you, ask when you, walk you this into question your kitchen here, and you're like able how, to turn the faucet like, off and then your water comes out. And then so that kind of changes because then you're not having to walk down to the Bonvik like you mentioned before in a prior episode to bring bucket loads and bucket loads so, of water. Okay. All right. So let me let me ask you this now. question here. And so then I so think that kind of when alters you when you think about stuff. like reading these books here, mm-hmm. when you when you think about reading these books, and of course there's a lot of these like non non Hopis or Hopis that want to be more Hopi-ish like you know these what do they call the urban Hopis like you know these urban Hopis that want to have a Hopi life you know the simplest thing to do is just to move back home move back home and learn about the Hopi life right that's the simplest thing that you could do it's not the simplest thing to do and I think that if you understood the dynamics of modern contemporary society in okay. Hopi you would understand that no 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 but I'm, as I'm, talking about, like the, Oriana, I'm talking about like the traditional to read and you refuse to learn the, the so traditional side of it like you that are so closed minded that have walls on both sides there's just no getting to you and so therefore we're just going to let you guys live in your own little corner in your own community and kind <laughs> and of be, be this upset part, with this everybody part, else and kind of like shout the Hopi out to the world That things are easy to do, but yet you're unwilling to get off your own ass and (laughs) deduce some of these things and put them together for our people. And so for those people that are kind of, you know, open-minded and that are willing to absorb new information, understand that they don't know everything that they're willing to learn. Urban Hopis out there. so for... So like these urban Hopis out there, like, you know, okay. So the, the point that I'm trying to make anyway, before back to the episode before that, so it was, that's kind of the spirit before I was rudely, before I was rudely interrupted is that the, the aspect part of it was that like these, like these, <laughs> these, uh, these, these Hopis out there, like, you know how, okay. When you're talking about like the survival kit, like you're, you're talking about like how to survive, right? You're talking about like if when the world ends, are you are you in this way? Do, do of- you think do you think that is it a matter of if or it's a matter of when? So when when it ends. So you believe when. And if it ends, <laughs> when and if it ends, is that no, we're not going to be prepared. We're not ready for that. We know about this. So let me ask you this question. Is Hopi life simple or is it very, very hard? I I think it's simple in the matter of context, but I think in the matter of physical, it's hard. All right. So So yes and yes. So what do you mean by simple in context? What's the context part of it? It's a simple life. Farming, farming, living off the land. So what what makes it what makes it where we're not prepared for as part of this this Hopi part? If it's so simple, then well, why I, don't I, we I, do I, these simple things I, like I'm that? I'm looking at you right now, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> when the gas runs out in the truck and we're being forced to walk to our fields <laughs> and walk back, I, I'm not confident you would make it back. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so you say that it is very, very simple, like you know, a simple life of just farming and living, mm-hmm. living the life. Mm-hmm. But why aren't Hopi people living like this? What is not simple about it? it well, it, I don't, I don't think it's the fact of simple. Well, I don't know if you mean simple as an easy. 
Because then it's like, well, if it's easy, then why aren't people doing it? I don't think it, I didn't mean it in that manner. But what I meant is that simple as in, you just go, you farm, and then that's pretty much your life. Okay. So I mean the simplicity of like the the thought behind it. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, there you go. That's a little bit more clarity on that. So the, like the simple life of like living a Hopi life is about just having like a, a soya, some seeds, mm-hmm. and then living off the land, right? That's basically what the the Hopi is all about. It's a simple, it's a simple life in that in that manner. But it is also a very very hard life in a way where we have to keep our fields going. We have to keep going down there, and when we have that, we we get like this, uh, the prize, basically we, we have the prize at the end. That is our hard earned work. That is the, the simple life is the hard earned work that we put into these things mm-hmm. like that. And in these books, they basically t- talk about like all of these, all these ways of different ways that we should be doing things like that. The Hopi survival kit book. Yeah. So if you, I don't know, I, I never read the book. I never heard of the book, but I'm pretty sure like every end of the world book, has like a one one main theme, like one main theme mm-hmm. is that maybe we should do it this way, mm-hmm. or maybe we should do it that way. Not necessarily. It's every world, like every <laughs> end, every end of the world movie has that same theme. <laughs> okay, and then so, so I, I guess you know because the, there there was a last part to this, and it's it's talking about because then you know talking about this whole concept of the end of the world are we yeah. prepared for it talking about it spiritually and then talking about it physically because then you know like like that like within our culture we're taught to be farmers not only yeah. just to sustain ourselves but like that the, the end of the world the crash of infrastructure we can the idea is that we can still eat because then we know how to grow our food all of this other practice that we do for those that still you know kind of have this knowledge of like plants and things like that knowing what's edible and all of that and then uh reintroducing this idea that now we got to do everything by hand again we have to build our own homes we have to uh use our own legs now to get from point a to point b because then you know the gas is all out and none of the trucks work anymore nobody has invented solar power for all the vehicles like is that something that we're prepared for because then like you think about us in in today's age right like do you think that a lot of us are built to work in our fields all day like our guas used to or do you think we'd be trying to go home after an hour or two? No, we're we're not we're not built like that anymore because it's we have the convenience now. We yeah. have the convenience of doing these things like that. It we, our life is not simple anymore. Our lives have become complicated, which I was trying to discuss before you tried to. You were you were going ruin the wrong. Me. You were, you're going a long way. I was going going really really direct. <laughs> so okay, all right. So let me ask you this question here: Is that like when you when you were talking about like the the like these urban urban Indians that want to be Indians, right? These yeah. urban Hopis that want to real be Hopi. The simplest, the, like uh, before, I was really interrupted. The simplest <laughs> thing to do is to come back home. It's not that okay. Easy, no, 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 no. Okay, no, no, no. It's not that easy. Okay. There's issue of housing. There's an issue like most recently. I don't know if you saw in current news, but we kind of got struck a raw deal as far as kind of our water rates. What x? How much water? Okay, okay. We rightfully have. Okay, so I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking, talking about, about everybody. Oh, it's just easy for you to come home and then. 
you know, if that were to happen. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not talking about like thinking it's called foresight. I know that you kind of have trouble, you know, kind of that area. (laughs) Before I was rudely interrupted again. I I try to, you know, bring you along with me and, you know, try to introduce you to some of these topics. All right. So the simplest thing to do. you always, you know, kind of fight back and (laughs) act like you know everything and you clearly don't. And that's kind of, it's a challenge for me, but I don't give up, so... (laughs) <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> You're not giving up. But anyway, you pissed me off from time to time. All right. You know, so I, let I me gotta, let me finish this thought before you, because you're jumping around like a I woman. got a woosa and then, you know, kind <laughs> of you're, 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 you're jumping to conclusions like to a, remind myself that, you know, this guy make a wish. Kid. You're, you're jumping around from conclusions like you're you're a woman right now. So let me finish this thought right here is that when the, the simplest thing to do is to come back home. And I know that it is complicated because of what we had. Do built. you? Do you? Yes. Let me finish this <laughs> before we go. <laughs> okay. Before I was rudely interrupted. Deservedly. Rudely Not deservedly. <laughs> All right. The simplest thing to do for you urban Indians out there is to come back home. Now, I know that it is very complicated because we made things complicated. We are in a society today that we make things complicated and that when complexity happens, then we we foresee that it's not going to happen. That's the complexity of our of Hopi living in in modern times today is because it is very, very hard to be an actual Hopi in modern times these prophecy episodes i think are bad luck for us because we just tend to argue on because <laughs> the last prophecy episode you pissed me off oh really did i think it ended up like this but anyway and so i i because i don't know it, it's kind of i i think you know like you read that hopi survival kit it comes from the context of kind of i guess kind of more closer to the idea of real hopis that you know as far as the knowledge but then you look at us today it's like things are so different now because then you know you mentioned that it's it's so easy all we have to do is just move home if we want access to this knowledge but then you know we're so ingrained with this idea of making money we're so ingrained with this the idea complexity of, of that. comforts and yeah. you know it's like that like you don't want to leave the infrastructure you don't want to yeah. leave the electricity and the running water and the high powered internet because like that's a that's the complexity of within of the how life and of you know, life I is think now that tends to be a barrier for folks to come back and then to be able to live this stuff but then you know i think that this idea of are we ready for the world to end and it doesn't sound like that we are and it's like if if somebody told you like hey the world's gonna end in five years prepare yourself then then what would you do like what would be your preparation when i was in let's say when we are in high school we're in high school there was a remember that Indian class the or the Native American. You know, class? I never took that class. You never took the Native American class. No. What was his name? I think it was Gocher. Was this the the big guy? Yeah, Gocher. That's his name. Anyway, we we we, we were watching a movie. We we're watching a movie, and it was about the Indians. The, whatever. Are, are you going to get to a point yes, where I'm you're going to talk about? I'm going to talk about to prepare. Yes, for the yes, 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 yes. Because I don't a, know if you're fucking with me right now. No, 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 no. This is this actually. I has, mean, I know you're never serious. But <laughs> I don't know if you're intentionally. If you let me finish right now, off. if you let me finish, or if you're listen. actually giving a legitimate answer, <laughs> or if your brain just went into old qua mode and you're gonna pull a, <laughs> what you did last week on our paid episode, <laughs> where it's like, I went to our Jessica's house, 
And I didn't know the electricity was off. <laughs> Wait, I lost my train of thought there. Okay, all right. I went to our uh, Jessica's house, <laughs> and I didn't know the electricity was off. <laughs> Quit interrupting me, J-Man. I had to start from the beginning. Went to our house, and I didn't know the electricity was off. Before I was rudely interrupted, I had... My apologies, s- listeners. Okay. That was an inside joke. Only the paid listeners would understand. Yeah, so that. if you guys want to listen to the episode, go ahead and pay for a subscription. <laughs> So anyway, when uh, when we were in in high school and we I was we, I took this uh, Native American class and you said that you didn't and I'm, I believe the guy's name is uh what was it uh go go gocher so we were watching a movie and it was a documentary about like these Iroquois Indians the Iroquois Indians and the First Nations basically and in there was a section about like the end of the world. The end of the world and how they how they thought about what the end of the world was and what their belief was was that when they when they see the end of the world they will see a great dragon basically the same thing as like the mayans like uh what was it um tenochtitl or whatever his name was uh quitsacotl like basically something like that namor from the marvels movie <laughs> I don't know what it is. But anyway, they will see a great dragon and then that will signify the end of the world. And what they did, what they didn't know was that there was these ships that would be coming over from overseas. And they thought that this was a sign of the end of the world. Although the discovery of like a Native America or America was already kind of discovered by what was his name? Vespucci or something like that. Um, Amerigo. Yeah, I don't know what his name was. But anyway, the Vikings, they thought that this was the end of the world here because that was their prophecy. So what did they do is that they started to try to prepare themselves. They started to make sure that their their pennies were all in order. They had, you know, they cashed in all of their their lottery tickets. You know, they they made sure that they said goodbyes and stuff like that. And and all because it was a prophecy that they had or that they developed in this way like this. And that they were trying to prepare themselves, but they weren't prepared for anything like this because they thought that they had a lot more years to come. So in all in all, Hopis aren't prepared for anything like this. When the world does end, or well, if it ends, or when it ends, if and when it ends, we are never going to be prepared. We're never going to be prepared spiritually. We're never going to be prepared uh, financially. We're never going to be par- prepared with uh, with anything that we can be prepared <laughs> financially. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to use for money in the future. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so, in all in all... No, we cannot be prepared for something like this. But what, what would you do though? Like, would you would you like stockpile canned goods, or would you stockpile water, or would you try to, I don't know, make peace with yourself so, and try to like amend? Like, would you actually try to end our our rivalry? And so this try is. To, Okay. Actually, make peace with me so that we don't hate each other. When so this is the what so this is what Soul says to you know, you know when you when you're talking about the end of the world, we won't know when the end of the world will come. It'll be here within a blink of a second, mm-hmm. and we won't even be prepared for anything yeah. like that. Yeah, and when you you know how because there's a lot of Hopis that think that you know this is the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, this is when, but. Real knowledge and real prophecy is that 
we will never know when the end of the world is. We know that it's coming, but we'll never know. So what you do is that you live your life as much as possible, as the simplicity, as as much as possible as you can from day to day, living the the way that we're supposed to be living, like how we were we brought up as like the, mm-hmm. what you said, the simplicity of it, where it's like a soya and some seeds. That's it. That's the simplicity of Hopi. So, so, so then we, well, I, I guess, cause then, you know, that, that saying could be applied to today. Like, like this idea that, oh shit, the world's going to end. It could end next month. Could end tomorrow. So then will I start being a good person? No. Will I start exercising? No. Will I start making amends with people that I've fallen out with? Will I, it, will I, will I try it? And then I guess, you know, what's the good of that if you're going to start doing that? Because then like, I guess you would have to have a belief that it means something someplace so else. This so this is what, this is what, uh, so also said was that it is, it is only afterwards that we will start to make amends with everybody. When we see that this is going to happen to us, like, you know, the end of the world has already ended, but then we're still here, but you know that it's coming to end you also. So then you start making amends with everything else. You start preparing for, for that. You ever watch that show, uh, The Good Place? No. It's with uh, Ted Danson and Kristen Bell. No, but like they talk about this idea of you know it's like, like that like if you were to make amends with somebody or start living a better life because yeah. you think the life is gonna, if the world's gonna end, does that even mean anything? Because you're only doing good things because you have a motive. Your motive is that once I die, I do all these good things. I live a better life. Maybe that increases my chances to go to the good place, rather than just doing good things because you're supposed to rather than living a proper life because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, maybe that's kind of where that thought is, is that we should already be living like this. Yeah. Yeah. You, you whether, should already be Whether living. we believe that the end of the world is coming or not. We, and I guess, you know, that would maybe be the real survival kit is that, you know, just rather than thinking about the end of the world, that so, we just start living our lives how we should be living them. So before we go... um, and you know, for 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 the record, that I do have acquired knowledge orally through means that you have. It's just I choose not to, you know, share that information <laughs> because then I feel like that a lot of that information is for me. And you know, this is kind of a thought that I've always had too. Is at least as far as you know, kind of primarily getting yeah. your information from the elders is that you know, kind of the con is that sometimes they don't remember everything, or sometimes maybe they don't remember something correctly. And especially what one thing that I've learned, especially out here, is that sometimes based upon where the elders from, is that there's biases within their oh, yeah, knowledge based biases. upon where they're from, and there's prejudices so, based upon where they're from. And so, therefore, you know, I do then take the information that I get with a grain of salt, as well, at least with a fine-tuned co- fine-tooth comb, similarly to how I absorb the knowledge that I read from books. And so, you know, that's kind of something they teach you in school. But so, people like you, you know, you guys kind of. So let me, all right, before we go, I want to give every listener a a piece of advice is that knowledge is not only written in books. I'd like to give a piece of advice to all our listeners. No, no, hold on. Before we go, I I want to say, I want to say, say my my advice basically (laughs) is don't listen to Carl's. 
My advice is that. But then you guys are smart people out there. Advice you heard is, Carl for eleven seasons, so you guys could. <laughs> I'm more knowledgeable. I'm, I'm probably more knowledgeable. <laughs> All right. So let me give you a piece of advice is that knowledge is not only written in books. Knowledge is not just obtained in like these survival kits. It's not obtained in how we perceive a, a culture. It's, it's perceived by how you think that a culture should be. It, it's perceived at how you as an individual learn about these different things as, as far as like being hopeful. And as far as being like uh, being a person in a way, it's it's where you take this knowledge here and then use it as your own. Would you would you recommend any of those the YouTube videos about Hopis that are out there as as valid information? No, they're all garbage. Like even that Titsuwa Ikatsi. That's all garbage video because I think that there's some. It's all garbage. Va- val- valid points in there. You know, I, I always use that as a reference because then my wife and her family, they always tease me and they always say that, oh, you, it's only you that roll your R's. And it's like, no, look, watch. Those are all development and they all roll their R's too as well. And yeah. So. But anyway, that is the advice that I wanted to give you is that be who you think that a Hopi should be as far as a simp- simple I, I I think that's the worst advice that there is okay well I'll give you your advice then. my my advice yeah that's gonna be horrible <laughs> alright thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World Podcast my, my advice <laughs> is no I, I I think cause like I don't I don't like that idea to leave it up in t- for interpretation it it's is like, going to be interpreted. How, however you feel that it should be because that's the whole reason why we have stickers out there that have cutiness on them that's the whole reason why <laughs> people do some of the crazy stuff that they do as it relates to our ceremony snow because it's all left up for interpretation no i mean i i you know i wouldn't argue with with kind of your primary mode of of knowledge is that you know yeah consult your your local elder or your local old person within your family and try to learn something and you know and but i see that's the thing though i i don't completely discouraged using the materials out there because you know like if you want to learn your language i think that there's some decent language learning material out there kind of produced by like Mesa Media is one that's produced some things like that. If you're uh, at least have some grasp of the Hopi language, I think if you can get a hold of that uh, Hopi dictionary, I think that's another that's garbage helpful, too. helpful tool. And, you know, I, <laughs> and I don't know why you're so discouraging for people wanting to, to learn. Cause then it's like that, you know, it's like, we don't all have the same access to things. And, you know, if you're going to use a book to learn, then, you know, as long as you understand how to interpret it, then, you know, I don't see any issue with that. Yeah. Hopi books are garbage. Probably because, you know, when somebody was writing a book, you tried to get your input in there and they rejected <laughs> you because they kind of knew what you're, how you roll. So they excluded you. Now you're all <laughs> hatred of books everywhere because somebody didn't care for your opinion. Well, before we go, um, you know, so was an avid reader as well too. Before we go, don't forget to follow us on all of our social media accounts. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Carl and Jbed. And don't forget to buy your raffle tickets and uh, take us home, Carl. Well, so was an avid reader uh, of like you know these Hopi books as well too. This is Carl, and this is my best friend Jayman. <laughs> so long, quack quack. <laughs> Well, before we go, before we go, so so is an avid avid uh, book reader, and she likes to read these books that I that I buy as well too, and that uh, 
she was reading this this uh, the Hotvela book. Mm-hmm. You know the book, the Hotvela mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. written in big bold letters, Hotvela on there. You know, there was this one conversation that you and I had, and then you know we kind of had this argument about the split of Oraivi, and yeah. you were kind of misinformed with your information, and so you know I kind of take those conversations into account when. Okay. When you tell me things. So. Well, anyway. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, that's kind of a uh, a trend, you know, throughout the community. <laughs> it's that, you know, either we're misinformed about what we think we know about our own culture and our yeah. own history or rather that, you know, maybe like that there's a prejudice that was involved in it. I, I, I remember one time hearing from an elder from Sungopavi that he basically he practically called, you know, Oraivi the, the land of the rejects was, was something that he practically said. And so that was kind of something that stood out no, to me. Hodvel is a land of rejects. As far as uh, when it comes to prejudices and, you know, one's responsibility as a knowledge holder and how you disseminate that knowledge. And, you know, so, but so it, I guess we'll see y'all next week. But anyway. So well, long. <laughs> but anyway, let me make this real, real quickly. <laughs> Before we go, I wanted to say that this uh, Soul already gone, Carl. Soul, Soul was an avid Soul is an avid reader of this these books, and that she was re- she was reading this book. The we have this Hopi book that called the Hotvela book, and she was scoffing at this. Like you know, she, every every page that she would just scoff at this book, and the reason why you know the reason why she was scoffing at this book because she was taught a different way from what this knowledge was about. So that was one thing about that. So I I just had to I just had to put that in there. So. But anyway, if you got this far into the episode, I congratulate you uh, because it is a long episode. And if you guys are are paid members, uh, we'll be doing a special, uh, another special episode uh, tomorrow as well, too. So you guys can have that as well, too. So, and if you guys are not a paid sponsor, go ahead and tell everybody that you know to go and get uh, get seven ninety. I think it was seven ninety nine a month to listen to these special episodes because it's not just 10 episodes it's about 20 episodes every season so thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast my name is Carl and this is my best friend J-Man